Turn your Bibles today, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We are in the middle of a supernatural series, actually coming to the tail end of it. Uh, we started the series about six weeks ago, and I can't think of a better uh, series to start uh, to do right before we do the sexual revolution, um, because really everything we do leading up, man, it's a spiritual battle. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, verse 12, um, that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against principalities and powers. Um, the version I've been reading says cosmic powers or cosmic forces. We're wrestling against those in heavenly places. We're not battling in the flesh. We're battling in the spirit realm. And so here we are in this supernatural series talking about some of those things. If you've missed it, you can catch it online. We've been talking about demons and angels. Do they exist? What is their, what is their duties? How does that work? How does that look? Uh, but the last couple of weeks we've been talking about the Holy Spirit uh, who lives inside of us. And so we're going to continue that today. Um, as we've been in the middle of this uh, uh, supernatural series, I've been talking to so many people whose eyes have been opened up. I was talking to a young man just this past week on Friday, I think it was, and uh, he started a fast about a week, week and a half ago, and he's been attending the uh, Supernatural series, and we're talking about different stuff, and we're talking about, hey, have you ever had any spiritual authority in your life that speaks into your life? He goes, no, and I said, what about your mom? He goes, man, my mom's Buddhist. And I said, okay. I said, what's that like living there? I said, there's got to be a clash. He goes, man, let me tell you about it. Ever since I started fasting, Fasting, he said the lights have been coming on by themselves, the television will turn on by itself, doors will start opening and swinging, and I'm just like, man, you are in a battle. And, uh, and so we've been talking about that. I uh, talked with somebody else who went back for a wedding, um, back, I can't remember where it was, but they flew out for a wedding, and they had an opportunity to talk to some people that were in this wedding party, and the conversation struck up, and this person just opened up. The funny thing is this, is the week before she left to go to this wedding, I prayed and, and somewhat joking, but yet serious, at the end of the service, I said, God, for those that have not yet experienced the supernatural activity, Lord, I pray you would expose them this week. And I saw the looks on some of your faces. You were like, oh, God, you know, I don't want that. I'm not ready for that. Please, no, don't pray that over me. And, uh, and so uh, she sent me this email about how the, she's just talking with this person. Also, this person opens up and starts talking about how they see demons all the time and, and all this stuff. And she was just like, the first thing she said, first thing I thought is like how, how you prayed for me that I would be opened up to that. And uh, so people are having their eyes opened up to the supernatural, which is a good thing. Um, because that's really where the wrestling takes place. We're doing a lot of marketing. We're doing a lot of invitation. We're doing a lot of praying. But listen to me. The battle is in the spirit. Are you with me this morning? 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 1. It says this, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Other versions say ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is a curse. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but in the same God, who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now notice, these gifts that he's talking about are not for your benefit as much as they are for the benefit of other people. Okay? For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability of distinguishing between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as 
He wills. As we've been talking about the the supernatural and the battle we're in, I'm glad that we don't fight alone. We talked about it last week that the Holy Spirit, it's, it's God's battle. We're just employed to be in the battle, but we aren't fighting alone. Today I want to talk to you real quickly about the tools or the weapons He has given us to fight in this battle. The tools and the weapons that He has given us to fight in this battle. You know, 2 Corinthians 10 4 says that the weapons of our warfare are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Now listen to that verse. Okay, the weapons of it. In other words, he's given us tools. He's given us weapons to fight. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. Lord, I pray in the next few moments that, God, you would just expose us, Lord, even in a greater way to your word, that we'd understand it, God, that we'd grasp it. Lord, we would understand the tools that you've given us, and, God, we begin to use them to fight in this battle. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. In 2003, uh, my wife and I, uh, we bought our second home. Uh, it just kind of, just a spur of the moment kind of deal. It just kind of came to us. We were driving back to our little town home, and we dro- drove by one of those signs that said open house. How many of you guys love and go browsing open houses? It's just like one of the things we used to do all the time. Even if we weren't looking to buy, we just loved to go into open houses and walk away and, or, and with new ideas and things like that. And so we're driving. We saw this open house sign. We pulled in, and all of a sudden this thing jumped. I said, get a new house. And so we started looking for a new house, and uh, we just had, had our first baby, and we're thinking, man, we need more room. And, and so we start this journey of looking for houses. We called our real estate friend and she starts showing us all these homes and we'd walk into some and we'd get a picture, you know, what would look good there, what would look good here, you know, and it was just a lot of fun. We walked into this one house and, uh, and the double doors, they were right there, the door opened and you look through and there's a big window and there's a big pool in the back. And uh, so man, right when we got to the door, she opens up, we walk in, I'm just like, this is our home, Okay. I saw that big, you know, glistening pool in the back, uh, and it's a good thing I saw that because then I was able to avoid all of the work that there was to do in the home. And my wife is looking down at, I'm not kidding, these giant pea stains, like this big, from a dog, like, like four of them, this is not an exaggeration, in the carpet. It's like everybody peed there, including their kids. It's just like, you know, that became the bathroom spot. It was ridiculous. But my eyes, man, I was looking through that window at the pool, and I was like, this is our home. And she's like, uh-uh. And I just, you know, I got this thing. And so I need this to say, I won. Come on, somebody. And, uh, and we bought this home. And, uh, and I, I, just, I just fell in love with this house. But there was a lot of work to do in this home. It wasn't like, it wasn't necessarily a major remodel, but it was a, it was a minor remodel. We had to rip up all the flooring. And uh, we pulled up the carpet. When we pulled up the carpet, this is no lie, there was dirt this thick underneath the carpet. I, st- I, once I, I started, to, started to dig, ladies and gentlemen. I was wondering if there was a concrete slab under there. I was like, what is under there? Okay, we finally got to the concrete slab. We got all the dirt out and ripped up all the carpet. We're, you know, we're, we're, got, we're, we're just you know, painting the walls, getting rid of all the smells, and my eyes were still on that pool. Come on, somebody. Okay? And uh, so we're remodeling this house. And it came time that we wanted to remodel the kitchen area, and uh, we did it all in like, like six days. Uh, just crazy hours because we wanted we had to move in before our, we had to move out of our other house. And there was linoleum on the floor that was the original linoleum from when the house was built, like in 1971. Okay, has anybody ever tried to remove linoleum before? Okay, it's not too bad if it's been down for a year or two, but we're talking like 30 something years. All right, and it's just it's there. 
And so I'm thinking, I'd never done it before. I'm just thinking, I'll just peel a little corner. And I'll start pulling it back, you know. And so I, I get this little corner up, and I'm like, sweet, watch this, babe. Poof, breaks off. And I'm like, oh, man. Get another little, poof, breaks off. And I'm like, this is going to take forever. And so I talked to a, a friend of mine who wasn't a homeowner and, and uh, had never really done this work before. He goes, oh, I think you can get one of those big scraper guys at, uh, at Home Depot. And so I go to Home Depot, and I go to the tool section. I find this, this long, you know, rod thing, and it has this sharp scraper on it. And so I was like, I come home, I'm ready, man. I got my tool in hand. I'm ready to rip up the linoleum. And I start going. And I'm just like, <sighs> I was like, babe, it's your turn. Come on, somebody. And I mean, it was so insanely difficult. I mean, I would work for hours and I would get like this much done. And I was getting frustrated. And I was like, what in the world? Can't we just, you know, like lay something over the top? But the tile guy that I talked to was, no, you got to get that up. It's got to have a good bond. That's got to come up. And so I'm just struggling with this thing for literally probably a day and a half. And so one of my friends, John Montoya, how many know it's good to have friends that know what they're doing when you're remodeling a house, all right? And so one of my friends, John Montoya, comes by and goes, Ben, what are you doing with that thing? I said, I'm trying to get this, um, get this you know, linoleum up. He goes, dude, I got a big old sander in my truck. You just want to use the sander? I was like, yes, please. And so he goes and he gets this, you know, ergonomically correct so I could just stand straight up. Come on, somebody. You know, sander, and it's got this big thing. We just got that, boom, we busted that thing out like an hour and a half, okay? Now, I'll be honest with you, I was a little intimidated at first. I mean, this is a big power tool. I'm used to my scraper. Come on, somebody. I'm, I mean, I was, I was I, that's how I got so ripped, if you were wondering. It's, it goes all the way, whatever. It goes all the way back to that day. And so I was a little intimidated by this thing because, you know, until you learn how to work it, it's kind of, you know, bouncing all over whatever. And finally, you get the hang of it, man. We just, we just busted this thing out. It was fantastic. I learned something during that time. I learned this, that just because I was a homeowner didn't mean I knew how to do everything in my home, okay? Especially when it came to remodeling things. I was so glad that I had a friend who had some tools to give me to make that job much easier. I want you to know something. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you know everything there is about spiritual warfare, just, you're like me. You get saved and you see the big pull in the back. Ah! You know? You get saved and it's like, wow, life is great. But some of you need to be like my wife and look down and see, wow, there's a lot of mess that needs to be cleaned up. Come on, somebody. Okay? Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you know there is everything to know about spiritual warfare. And that's why, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus said, I'm going to send you the helper the Holy Spirit. Now, the cool thing about the Holy Spirit is he's much like my friend John Montoya. He's got a whole bunch of power tools in his truck. Come on now. He's got some tools, some gifts, some weapons he wants to give us so that this thing becomes so much easier. Okay? Now, here's the problem with some of us. Okay? Some of us have learned to live in the mess. Huh. See, I could have just saw that pool and thought, wow, this is a great home. Thank God I got my wife who has a lot of wisdom, okay? I was just like, wow. And I could just, I could, I mean, come on, I could just, I'll just lay some new carpet over the peen stained carpet. Come on, somebody, you know? And the thing is, is this, is as Christ followers, a lot of us, we haven't gone any deeper, and so we don't realize there's a spiritual battle, okay? And we're still walking around in a spiritual warfare, maybe even with some own mess in our life still, but what we need to do is we need to open up our hearts and our minds and realize that Jesus said, I want to, I want to give you the Holy Spirit. He's going to come and he's going to lead you and guide you. And if you expose yourself to the Holy Spirit in Scripture, you see that he's got a whole lot of tools he wants to give you so that you don't have to live in your mess. Are you with me today? So the Holy Spirit comes and he, and he gives us these gifts. I'm so thankful for it because 
I mean, the reality is, is even as Christ followers, sometimes we can find ourselves still wrestling in the flesh. You know what I mean? And just you, you, a lot of you are literally in your Christian life with that little scraper. Gosh, this is so tough. I don't feel like I'm making any progress. I mean, I've been here forever. And man, my muscles are aching. And look, I haven't even made that much progress. Okay? But I'm telling you right now that the Holy Spirit has tools for you, has weapons for you to use. You don't have to keep swinging in the flesh. Come on. He wants to show you through Scripture today that there is something for you. And I was so thankful for my friend, John Montoya, who did that for me. I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit, literally, that, that, that comes and leads me and guides me in all truth, as we talked about last week, but also gives me tools to fight in the spiritual realm. Amen? Amen. Uh, a, great, a great tool that we're going to talk about after this series is over next week. we got one more in this series. And then the great tool we're going to talk about is going to be prayer and the power of prayer. Uh, right before we get into the sexual revolution uh, campaign. And so don't miss those. Those are going to be uh, fantastic. The tools. Paul here in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, a couple chapters later, which we're not going to take time to read today. He actually says this. He says, guys, I want you to earnestly desire the gifts especially that you might prophesy. Earnestly desire the gifts. So listen to me. It is a good thing as believers that we earnestly desire the gifts that God has for our life. It is a good thing that we, we read the scripture, we see them, we understand, and we say, you know what, I, I want that. And we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, next week as well. But let me just give this to you real quickly today and hopefully deposit something into your walk with God. The gifts... Here at Urban Church, we believe in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God, but yet distinct in three personalities, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's what we believe here. That being said, as I read Scripture, there are three specific places in Scripture that talk about the gifts of the Father, the gifts of the Son, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to I highlight them this morning for you so that you can be more aware to the tools that are available to you. First ones I want to highlight are this, and they're found in Romans 12, 6 through 8. And I want to read that to you, Romans 12, 6 through 8. And if you start in verse 1, you understand that this passage is talking about God. And it says this in verse 6, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. What are they? If prophecy, in proportion to our faith. If service, in our serving. The one who teaches, in his teaching. The one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness, or acts of compassion or mercy with cheerfulness. Many, many, many scholars begin to kind of divide a little bit the gifts that the Father gives, the gifts that the Son gives, and the gifts of the Spirit, the ones that the Holy Spirit gives that we read about in 1 Corinthians 12, and so I want to do it in that order today. If, if you're here today and you said, I've never heard that before, man, it's okay. This isn't going to make it or break it for you, all right? Okay? But I want to highlight them. And in, the, in this way, because here in Romans chapter 12, these are the considered to be this. These are considered to be the operative gifts, okay? And these gifts are given to everybody, whether saved or unsaved. That's why the Bible says this in, in Romans eleven twenty nine 29, that the gifts of God are without repentance, Okay? In other words, that these are given, when, when someone is born, they have these gifts inside of them, these ones we just read. 
And these gifts of God are without repentance. They are operating. Now listen to me. If you're not a Christ follower, you might not recognize them as gifts, okay? But we understand this, that there is one creator. Are you with me? It's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He made the saved and the unsaved. It's not like there's a a different person over here making the unsaved people and God's trying to pump out some saved people and there's this vicious battle going on, okay? No, there's one God. He created humanity and he created us all. The Bible even talks about how each one has been given a measure of faith. Well, here, according to Romans 12, these gifts have been given to each and every person, okay? That's why you can actually look at somebody that, let's say, is a, a business owner, And they are an amazing leader. Listen to me. That is not just natural talent. Okay? We have have Noah here who is a part of a great company and is is a part of leadership at that company. And uh, he is saved. Okay? Um, But his gift that he had, even before he connected with God, was there because his gift was without repentance. And so that gift helped him choose the job that he would choose. Ultimately, it was God putting that in him and kind of steered him and guided him in that direction. Okay? There's other people that just take teachers, for instance. Why, do they, why are they so compelled to teach? That's just something like, you know, I want to make a lot of money. I'm going to be a teacher. And then I'll get laid off for years, you know? No, there's something inside of them. Where did that something come from? God created them. He put this gift inside of them. That gift is without repentance. Now listen, when you get saved, man, that gift might, might come to a new level and be more active. And your knowledge of the fact of where that gift comes from can begin to accelerate, but still uh, unsaved people have these gifts inside. They're without repentance. Now, as you read through these, um, you can probably identify some of the ones that you have, okay? And, uh, you know, you can, you can look at them and say, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I'm good, you know, with ministry. I'm good at teaching or, or exhortation or giving. I believe this, that for some of you that are entrepreneurs and you are just, man, it's just a natural. Have you ever met somebody where it's just a natural? They just make money? It's like they could, they could do the same thing you're doing, but yet they're making money at it, you know? And uh, it's like motivational speakers. They're they're doing the same thing I'm doing. They're making money out of it. I'm not, you know? And uh, it's just natural. It just comes, well, what is that? You know, well, I believe that they actually have the gift of giving as well. Because if you're going to be a giver, come on, somebody. You better have something to give, all right? And so I believe that. Now, there's some in here, like, um, I have some of these gifts. I, I believe one of my gifts is prophecy, according to this. I believe that one of them is exhortation. Aren't you feeling encouraged right now as I talk to you? Yeah, I can see the smiles on your faces. I see somebody checking me out. Like, I don't know if I, I really agree with this guy. That's okay. You don't have to. It's the Bible, but whatever. Um, and so I believe I have said, Now, one of the gifts I don't have really working inside of me, and it's, it's not my fault. God didn't create me this way. It's compassion. And some of you that know, have known me long enough, you know it's, it's not my, one of my gifts. It's not one of the ones that God put inside of me. And that's why we have Caleb at our church, okay? Because Caleb is, is a walking bundle of compassion, all right? If you need to hug something out, Caleb is your man, okay? He will, he will get those, and he will just say, hey, just give you a shoulder to cry on, and, and that's a good thing. And so that's why, you know, I need Caleb, all right? I need other people because it's just not one of my strong suits. As a matter of fact, somebody told me this. He said, Ben, you know why you have daughters? And I said, well, yeah, because, you know, my wife's hot and daughters look better. You know, anyway. Um, he said, no, the reason God gave you daughters is because you needed to learn compassion. I was like, Wow. So I figured I'd learn it after the second one because if we had like five daughters, that'd be a lot of weddings to pay for. You with me? 
And so uh, God's working that in me, but it's not one of my gifts, all right? Just, just to prove it to you, Friday night, my youngest, Faith, six years old, she knows not to come on stage and play. We're at the prayer meeting at, at, at Bernie Elementary, and we're wrapping things up, and um, I'm, I'm doing something over here, and all of a sudden I hear a screaming child in the back behind the curtains. It's dark, obviously fell over something, and I listen to the cry for a couple more seconds. I realize that's Faith's cry. And, uh, and so immediately, and the first thing that goes to my mind is, what is she doing on stage? And so then, I, then I, I walk around, and here comes Brandon, another guy that has more compassion than I do. Here comes Brandon carrying out my daughter, and I come over, and I grab her. I said, Faith, how many times? She's bawling. How many times have I told you not to go on stage? This is why you don't go. And I turn it into a teaching moment. Come on, somebody. Because that's my gift, all right? Get mad at me all you want, okay? But that's one of my gifts. And so, and then I go take her to her mother. Did I not? I said, here, have compassion on her, you know? I just... <laughs> I was like, Faith, how many times have I told you not to be running on stage? This is exactly why you don't run on stage. Did you learn your lesson? You know? Okay, now where does it hurt? Go tell mom. You know? <laughs> True story. That really happened, okay? As a matter of fact, this last week, someone texted me, and they said, hey, can you pray for so-and-so in our church? They got a really bad sunburn. We're going to have to take them to the doctor. Now, I wasn't trying to be rude or anything, and, and so that person might be sitting here, so please forgive me if I was rude. Um, but my response back was, yeah, I'll pray for wisdom that you use sunscreen next time. Their response back was, well, they actually did. And I was like, I tried to have compassion at the moment. I was like, oh, I feel really, no, it's not there. Okay? So, <laughs> God's working on me. Okay? He's working on me. All right? Now, trust me. All right? It's, if you've hung out with me, you know I probably exaggerated the point a little bit. Okay? But stop being stupid, people. Anyway. Um, <sighs> I love you all. Can you feel the love? Anyway. I need some music to set the moment. Next, the son's gifts. Where do we find the son's gifts? We find these in Ephesians 4.11. Now, if you want to turn to Ephesians 4.11, you can do that. Ephesians 4. Now, listen to me. There's one God. God's given them all, okay? But the way we see them distributed, we see them distributed through the Father, through the Son, and through the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4, verse 11, says this. And he gave, who's he? If you read back, you see that it's talking about Jesus. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. Okay? Now this is Jesus. Now listen to it now. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That word equip actually means to restore to wholeness. And so the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, the pastor, all of these, they, they, are, they are given to restore to wholeness the saints, the saints for the work of the ministry. Now these gifts differ in that these gifts are not given to all believers, and these gifts are only given to believers. Does that make sense? Okay. Whereas the other gifts, man, they're the gifts of God without repentance. When you are created, they're there, they're in operation, whether you know it or not. But here, this is specifically for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. And so Jesus now distributes these. Now listen, not everyone will have these. How do you know when someone has these, okay? Uh, this comes, obviously, through observation, okay? I did not wake up one morning and say, I'm going to be a pastor today. Let's Google that. Because Google knows everything, right? And so what, what does it take to be a pastor? <clears throat> okay? I didn't do that. What happened was, actually, I felt at the age of six that I was called to be a pastor, I remember I was sitting in my bedroom. My mom probably remembers this moment. I was sitting in my bedroom on the bottom bunk in Plummer, Idaho. Where's Plummer? Try to find it on a map. It won't happen, okay? 
I'm sitting there, my dad is a pastor, and I, I come home and I have my little blue Bible and I have a red pen. And I'm, I'm highlighting the column breaks, you know, like I'm drawing lines down, like here, oh, here's a column break here. I'm drawing lines down, and I'm six years old. My mom walks in, and she's like, Ben, what are you doing? Because she sees me drawing in the column breaks. And I said, Mom, I'm highlighting scriptures in my Bible. And she stops, and she looks at me, and she said, Ben, why are you doing that? And I said, because I want to be a pastor just like Dad. And so all of a sudden, she sat down with me at that moment, and she grabbed that pen. She goes, here, let me show you how to do that. And she went through and she found a, good, a couple good scriptures and she helped me underline those. I knew at the age of six that God was working on me. And obviously, my parents probably began to watch that at that moment. I knew at the age of 16 when God revisited that, that desire and that passion inside of me. And then when I went, went to school and I was in school studying to be a, I wanted to be a psychological profiler for the FBI. You ever seen Criminal Minds? That would have been me, okay? That's what I was going for. But in the process of that, God just turned everything back to what he wanted. It was the calling he had on my life, okay? And so, man, all of a sudden things start to turn, and, and so I begin to go after ministry, and I graduate uh, from, from college, and I enroll in an internship at the church in Seattle, and, and there these gifts on my life get refined, and people are watching me, and they, they, they release me and give me opportunities to speak and to travel and to do different things, and all of a sudden people start to recognize that, you know what, uh, I, I believe that God has put one of these in, in Ephesians 4 on your life. And they begin to help, and they begin to watch, and they begin to mentor, and, and all of a sudden now begins to become evident. It's not something you just wake up one morning and say, ah, I'm going to be a prophet today. I'm going to be an apostle today. I'm going to plant 13 churches in the next hour, you know? Okay? It's something that happens over time, and it's what Jesus does in us. And they're, they're listed here, uh, five-fold ministry. Actually, some say four-fold. I'll let you go study the Bible and figure that one out on your own, because some say that in the original uh, text, that pastor-teacher is actually connected as one. And so some will say four-fold, but I've always been taught the five-fold. And here they are. It's the apostle. What is that? That establishes, he builds foundations. There's the prophet. It's sometimes foretelling of the future, but it's not always. It's speaking the will of God to encourage others. It's exhorting others. There's the evangelist. What is that? We know that as reaching the lost. There's the pastor leading and guiding God's people. And there's the teacher making the word of God easy to understand and begin to live out. Okay? Next, as we come to a close today, there's the gifts that the Spirit gives us. We read them today in 1 Corinthians 12. And we see them here. Now listen to me. I want you to know something today. That all of these gifts are available for Christ's followers, but they are given as he wills, okay? In other words, you don't know which one he's going to will to you, okay? And so a lot of people, they just kind of sit, you know, God, just kind of, you know, Holy Spirit, just kind of release some gifts in my life, you know, whatever they are, you know, or they'll do a, a, a gifts test, which I have no problem with those. We actually do one in our pathway of involvement here at Urban. But listen to what Paul says. Go and read it this afternoon in 1 Corinthians 14 earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Earnestly desire. Look at the language Paul's using. Why does Paul say to earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit? Paul knew something about the Spirit realm. He is the one that wrote Ephesians 6, verse 12. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities and powers in heavenly places. It is a battle out there. It is a war out there. It's a fight. And you can scrape with your little scraper all life long if you want. But guess what? If I were you, I would get a friend called the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. And I would earnestly desire the power tools he has in the back of his truck. 
Now, he might not give you that one that you're, but he's going to give you some. Paul says, earnestly desire them. Go after them. Ask God for them. Ask the Holy Spirit for them. We're going to talk a little bit about this next week. Is there, is, is, is there the gift of tongues? And is it separate from a believer praying in tongues? Or are they one and the same? We're going to talk about this. But what you're going to find out is, really, who cares? If you earnestly desire to, to pray in, in, in tongues and you get it, then pray in tongues. Well, we'll talk about that next week, okay? But here, Paul's saying, man, look, earnestly desire. What is he saying, earnestly desire? He's saying, earnestly desire a word of wisdom. What's a word of wisdom? Now listen to me. If you read these once again, will they be operating in your life for you personally? Yes, but they're for the common good or for the benefit of all. So when I get a word of wisdom, listen to me. Most of the time when I get a word of wisdom, it's not necessarily for me. It might be for the church or it might be for somebody else, okay? But God gives through the Holy Spirit, words of wisdom, as he wills. What is a word of wisdom? It's a revelation of God's wisdom regarding a specific situation. We're moving to Bernie Elementary, okay? Can I, can I tell you, we did not just, you know, all right, let's just go, everybody get in a car, drive, let's find a new open school, ready, go. Okay. Now, do we put practical feet to it? Yes, you have to, Okay. There's divine sovereignty and human responsibility. But we prayed. God closed the door at Adams Elementary. We thought, we thought that we were going to go and be uh, one church in two locations. We're going to have this, and we're going to open up Adams Elementary. God shut that door. And as he shut that door, I began to pray. And I believe that God gave me a word of wisdom. Ben, go to Bernie Elementary. Okay? It came from him. I didn't even know there was a Bernie Elementary. What are you talking about? Where's that at? You know? But God spoke. We listened. We moved on August 28th. Okay? We see this in operation through the Bible. Write down Matthew 22, 15 through 22. Jesus modeled all these, by the way, with his life. Here's one he models. They tell him he's got to pay taxes. He's like, okay, hey, disciple, go fishing. When you catch the fish, pull out a coin, go pay our taxes. Come on, somebody. That's a word of wisdom right there, okay? That's a word of wisdom. Okay, there's, there's a word of knowledge, According to 1 Corinthians 12, word of knowledge, what is that? It's given by the, uh, by the Spirit, that would, it's knowledge given by the Spirit that would be impossible in your own ability, okay? God gives me these all the time for you. Sometimes it will come across as I'm on stage and I'll say, you know what, there's somebody here right now, and boom, and I'll name exactly what you're going through and what's happening in your life, okay? And some of you will be too, too, too timid to, to, to respond, but you're like, oh my gosh, how did he know that? Did you tell him? Okay. I remember when I first became a youth pastor, um, people would respond, and I would pray for them at the altar on a Sunday, and uh, God would just give me words of knowledge, and I would just start praying over them. And uh, later on, like during the week, the pastor would come to me and say, hey, Ben, um, you need to tone down the word of knowledge a little bit. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, people are getting ticked off. I was like, what do you mean getting ticked off? He goes, well, because I just counseled them last week on this issue, and they think that I'm telling you everything that's going on in their life, and that you're using that at the prayer time. And I'm like, sorry about that. <laughs> Take it up with him. You know, it's not, it's not me, it's him, right? And, uh, and so I'll get words of knowledge. Now, the cool thing is when a word of knowledge happens in a non-church setting, like in a church setting, people are like, oh, yeah, God's moving, God's speaking. It's really cool when you're at a restaurant, right? And the waiter comes up, and God begins to tell you something for them, okay? And you step out in faith, and you begin to say, hey, do you have a sister named Susan? Yeah, you know her? No, but does Susan boom, 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 boom? Yeah. And does da-da-da... Dude, you're freaking me out, you know? And you know, the funny thing is, is none of them are like, are you a prophet? They're all like, dude, are you a psychic or something? Yes. It's fun when the gifts of the Spirit are in operation. 
Word of knowledge. Faith. What is, what is faith? It's confidence that God will bring about that which he promised. Okay? And let me tell you, for, for, this is a gift. Now, obviously, as believers, we have faith. All right? The word, read it, awesome, live it out. Okay? But let's just be honest. There are times when you can see the gift of faith on somebody's life. Okay? And, and my wife probably has more of the gift of wisdom, and I got more of the gift of faith. Okay? And because uh, she's always given me the wisdom to walk out my faith. All right? But, man, there's situations we come up against. She's like, Ben, what are we going to do? I was like, no, babe, we're going to do this. This is going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And not just, can I just, can I just be honest with you? This is not just in, in church settings. This is like in our own personal, you know? Like, Ben, how are we ever going to get a place, you know, to live when we move to San Diego? I don't know. We're just, we're going to do it. But, but, Ben, our place in Vegas is like upside down by like a lot of money. I know. Let's go look. We don't even know where we're going to get the money. We start looking. God provided the money. Boom, we move in. Okay? That's my gift. And then after we move in, she deals with the aftermath because gift of wisdom is hers. <laughs> I got us in. Figure out how we're going to pay the mortgage, baby. <laughs> gift of healing. Gift of healing. This is, this is a pretty cool one. And, and uh, if you've ever seen this in operation, there's some people that can pray for the sick. And they, have you ever seen this person? They pray for the sick and they get healed all the time. Let's just be honest. How many have ever been jealous of that person? Okay. Okay. I'm just like, I, I, I prayed for him earlier and he didn't get healed. Come on, it's the same God. It's, I mean, what, what's up with that? It's just the gift they have. They step out in faith, they pray. Sometimes it can actually be for specific like, types of sicknesses. Other times it's whoever they pray for that's sick, boom, healed. Okay? That's a good, good person to have around. Come on, somebody. Especially if you're a doctor. Hire that person. Okay? Working in miracles. The working in miracles. This is, this is something that, that's not occur, occurring in natural means, all right? That's something outside of the ordinary. People actually have this gift, the working of miracles. Man, they, they step in, they pray, they believe, they contend, and boom, a miracle happens. The working of miracles. The next one it mentions here is prophecy. Prophecy, and I believe this is one that, that the Holy Spirit has, has willed to me and allowed me to move in. Divinely inspired talk that edifies and comforts and can oftentimes be predictive in nature. Okay? Not always predictive in nature. Somebody, uh, one day somebody taught me this. said, look, Ben, uh, a prophecy is not a promise. It's potential. Okay? It's potential. And you're, you're encouraging, you're edifying. This is what I see God wants to do in your life, but really you have to walk that out now. Okay? And so we see the gift of prophecy. The next one we see is the discerning of spirits. These are some pretty cool tools to have as you're, as you're battling in the spirit. Are you with me? This is, this is supernatural stuff right here. This is some stuff that, man, as believers, it probably doesn't get talked about enough. And, and, and let me just say this. As believers, when's the last time? When's the last time you actually went into your prayer time and earnestly desired the gifts of the Spirit. Really, think about it. Well, well aren't, aren't those for another time? Weren't those for then? But it's, it's different now. But no, Paul said earnestly desire them. Paul even talked about tongues. He said, now I wish you all spoke in tongues. When's the last time when you went through these and said, you know what? I'm in a spiritual warfare. See, here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, and why are we doing a sexual revolution campaign? Because somehow, immorality, it's, it's been okay and acceptable in the world, but it's become more acceptable. But that's not the scary thing. The scary thing is how it's become acceptable in the church. To where now we literally, we literally begin to question things. Whatever it might be. Is, is, is sex outside of me? I mean, I plan on marrying the person. Is it, I mean, we're going to get married, I know it, you know, and not now, but someday, so why can't we have, I mean, is it, is it wrong for us really to live together? No, there's no verse that says that thou shall not cohabitate, okay? 
But the Bible is very clear, okay, to abstain from appearance of evil. Well, well how, how come that's evil? Well, in the culture, it's not. It's completely acceptable. But see, that's what I'm talking about. It's, it's, it's kind of gradually got into the church, okay? So why, that's why we're doing the sexual revolution campaign is to bring the truth of God's word back at the focal point and say, look, it's not about what's become culturally acceptable. It's about what the word of God says. The same thing has happened with what we're talking about today. We are in a spiritual battle. But as believers, we're not fighting the spiritual battle. We go to church on Sunday, but then on Monday, we're still trying to pay our bills the same way as everybody else. We're still trying to put food on the table the same way as everybody else. We're st- are you with me today? We need to remind ourselves, wait a second, we're Christ followers, okay? And do we need to exercise wisdom and pay our bills? Yes, that's not what I'm saying, okay? But listen to me. We need to tap into the word of God. And we need to say, you know what, God, the economy really stinks right now. But you know what your word says? Your word says the righteous have never been forsaken, nor their seed had to beg bread. Okay? Or what about, man, we start earnestly desiring the gifts of the Spirit, and all of a sudden God drops, you know, the, uh, the, 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 uh, a word of wisdom to you. This is what you're going to do during the downturn of the economy. See, some of us were like, oh, that might happen. No, it will happen. Read your Bible. It happened for Isaac. There was a famine in the land. Bad. Bad famine. The Bible says he sowed in that land, and he reaped, and he became prosperous and more prosperous. The Bible says he continued to be a prosper until he became very prosperous. It's a lot of prospering. Okay? Do you think that was just on his own? No, God spoke to him. God spoke to him. God spoke. We need to earnestly desire, as believers, the gifts. Of, listen to me. This is not a denominational thing. It's a Bible thing. This is not a, oh, are you one of those charismatic churches? No, we're just a church that loves Jesus. And we're just reading the Bible. We see that, oh, we're to earnestly desire those things. We should probably look into that and do that. So it's not a denominational thing. It's not, a, it's not even, a, it's, it's not even a, a personality thing. It's a Bible thing. We've got to desire these things. And lastly, tongues and interpretation of tongues, which I won't spend a lot of time on because we're going to deal with that next, next week. But i got a question for you today. You're in a spiritual battle. We've been looking at the supernatural. Many people, they, they shy away from this and like, oh, okay, I just wanted to come for a good, encouraging word. <laughs> just wanted to come and have some worship. And Listen, you're in a spiritual battle whether you like it or not. Ephesians 6, 12. As a Christ follower, even not as a Christ follower. You just don't know what side you're on if you're not a Christ follower. But some of you, listen to me, you are scraping the linoleum off with a hand scraper. Life's hard. It's tough, man. What's going on? I don't. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to distribute these gifts into your life by you earnestly desiring them. Earnestly. Come on, go this. I hope I'm wetting your appetite enough so you go to the Bible yourself this afternoon. See, man, what did, what did Paul mean when he said earnestly? What does that word desire really mean? And you go and you say, man, Something's got to snap and say, I'm tired of scraping through life. I'm tired of just trying to, trying to live this. Listen, many of you are living the Christian life on your own. Trying. Well, I just got to read more. I got to pray more. I got to worship more. I got to go to church more. Nothing necessarily wrong with those things. Listen to me. Allow the Holy Spirit to come and be your helper and lead you and guide you in all truth, not just on Sunday, not just at a prayer time, but in every area of your life. You don't have to scrape by any longer. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is living. God, your word is alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right where you're at, I want to ask you this question. 
Because I believe right now that the Holy Spirit wants to work something inside of some of you. You're here today, and you'd be honest with me, honest with God, and you'd say, you know what? I have rarely, if ever, or it's been a long time, desired, earnestly desired the gifts of the Spirit. Listen to me. This isn't just for pastors. This isn't just for those in ministry. This isn't just for those that, 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 that want to be theological or uh, teachers and, and do doctrinals. No, this is, this is for everybody. This is for everybody. No matter what, you're, no matter what, what, what sphere you're working, no matter what, 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 what position you have, this is for everybody. This is for everybody. My, my, brother, my brother-in-law is a police officer here in San Diego. Last week, one of the guys he works with same district, works with him, was shot and killed. Man, it's impacted my brother-in-law big time. I was talking with him last night, and we were talking a little bit about it, and then just, just the other day, another police officer was attacked with a knife. And so he's just, he's just, we're just talking, and he's just saying, man, it's just getting crazy out there. It's, I, I don't get it. It's almost like it's gotten worse. And I remind him, I said, listen, brother, I said, you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. I said it is a spiritual battle manifesting itself in the flesh. Oh, it looks, it looks very much like flesh when you're out there in the heat of it, I'm sure. But I reminded him, I said, listen, brother, I said, you are a man of God. The gift of God is inside. The grace of God is on your life. I said, you got to remember that when you're out there because God has called you there. God has placed you there. And we began to talk about this. And I asked him, I said, hey, I said, man, do you find yourself ever praying in the spirit under your breath when you go into these situations? He said, yeah, all the time. I said, good, keep doing it. Because listen to me. These gifts that we're talking about right now, they aren't just for me up on a stage. They aren't just for a worship team. They aren't just if you're working in children's, but they are for every area of your life. If you're a business person, he'll drop a, a word of wisdom in your spirit. Say, hey, you should do this and don't do that. Yeah. A word of knowledge, or maybe, maybe it's the gift of faith, and, and your boss is uncertain about something, but you're like, come on, boss, I believe this is it. Man, we can do this, and we're going to see big returns. These are working in our life. But you're here today, and you say, you know what, Ben? It's, it's been a long time, if ever, that I've earnestly desired the gifts of the Spirit. But I'm a believer, and I hear the word today. And you're here today. And you would say, Ben, I, I, I want to I today, I want to earnestly desire them. I'm going to pray with you, and I'm going to pray for you. You're here today. You'd say, man, that's me. I need to begin to desire them more. Eyes closed, heads bowed. Shoot your hand in the air. Shoot your hand in the air. Just be honest. and say, man, I don't really do that. I need to earnestly desire, and I'm going to. Just raise your hand in the air. Just, just keep an eye. Yeah, yeah there, there's probably more of you. I know as a pastor, I don't do this enough. I don't earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit being in operation in my life enough. Oh, I earnestly desire God, and man, I want to see people saved, and, and God saying, hey, I got some tools for you. Just got to ask. Just got to ask. Yeah, 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 yeah. 